Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. This morning, the title of my message is Sunset Encounter. Sunset Encounter. And I believe, as I said, God has a message for every one of us. I am very much confident in my heart concerning the word God has put in me to show you. And so as my, my son keeps telling me, he says, you know, Daddy Sharon is caring. When he wants me to help him do something, he tells me Sharon is caring. And so this morning, if you, if you love someone, you care, and you haven't shared a message, please share. You may not know where God will connect somebody from to be a blessing through the message. So please share that and let us all preach the gospel of Jesus Christ together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, at a point in his ministry, came to a place of teaching. And all the Pharisees came, the Sadducees came, all the religious people came. And the Bible says that the presence of God was present to heal the sick. The power of God was present to heal the sick. Irrespective of the presence of Jesus' oppositions, it did not stop the power of God from being present. So, Father, this morning I pray in the name of Jesus that as your word comes forth, let your power be present to heal the sick, to bring salvation. Let your power be present to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring encouragement to those that are down in this season. I pray that your word will come with power to bring every good thing that you have prepared through the word in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I speak because I believe in the realms of the Spirit. There is no distance. And so I ask that let the power that goes forth from your word minister to your people all around the place in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you will glorify yourself this morning yes. through your word. Yeah. We are for you. As John the Baptist said, let me be decreased, Lord, that you may be increased. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much once again. And as I said, my message this morning is entitled Sunset Encounter. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. Sometimes it is interesting how God, you know, through his Holy Spirit, can pick a message from the a normal story from the, from the Old Testament, you know, and in our days of the New Testament, give unto us revelations and insights that are so useful and applicable to us. And that is what I believe God has for us this morning. So let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 28. We're going to read a story. We all love to listen to stories. So let's just go through a story briefly, and then let's see what God has for us. So Genesis 28, let's start from the verse 1 up to the verse 5. And then I will continue from the verse 10 to 22. So please just stay with me. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, 
you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessings of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padanaram to Laban, the son of Bethuel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Let's continue from verse 10 and read down to 22. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun has set. If the Bible is yours and you want to highlight something or underline something, you can do that here. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun has set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Amen. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is a gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city had been lost previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Praise God. Amen. So as we all do know, you know, the story of Jacob is a very common story in um, children's service and in so many Christian literature for kids. By the help of his mom, Jacob is able to use some strange tactics to take away from his senior brother the birthright that was not for him. Yeah. Now a problem comes. Jacob 
has to flee home because his brother is pursuing him to kill him. But before Jacob leaves home to move on this journey, we realize that it was not just about he, I mean, Jacob fleeing for his life. He also goes on the journey, and as we all do know the end of the story, he is able to walk in the ways that God had given to Abraham, his grandfather, so that he becomes a key patriarch in the, in, in the biblical you know, story of God's covenant with Abraham. This morning, I want us to look at four V's about what God wants us to learn from this story, especially in this season that we find ourselves as a church. The first V is the vision. The vision. We read from the verse 10, it says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. It's quite simple, but it is not as simple as we just read here. He did not just get up, started running because his brother was pursuing him. Jacob also went on this journey with a vision. A vision inspired by his parents, both Isaac and Rebekah, had given Jacob a vision to run to this new place with. We realize that the mother as a mom, you know, is concerned about the safety of his son. And as we all do know, Jacob was, as I call him, the mommy's boy. He wasn't like Esau, who would always, you know, be on the field and hunting and doing life out there. Jacob was a guy who would stay home with mommy, who would, you know, do things. He wasn't a guy of the field. He was a guy of home. But now, a season comes, he has to leave home and begins to pursue life on the desert to an unknown place. And then Rebecca gives him an assignment. Let's look at the chapter 27, the verse 42 and 45. And that would let us know what I'm talking about here. It says, and the words of Esau came, and the words of Esau came, Esau, her older son, sorry, came to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran. And stay there with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? So in the mind of Rebekah, the trip that Jacob is taking is going to be a short trip. He would go to his uncle's house, and when with time, because, you know, pain goes with time, the fury of Esau comes down, and Esau comes to normal, Rebekah, loving his, her son, would send somebody to go and let Jacob know that there is peace at home. Come back. But it is interesting to know that Isaac, as a man of God, Isaac, as a prophet of God, was not thinking the same way for his son Jacob. And so in the chapter 28 of, um, and the verse 1 to 5, as we read just before, listen to what Isaac says again. 
Then Isaac called him and blessed him and charged him and said to him, this boy is in danger. I am thinking that the first thing you must talk about, Isaac, is the safety of your son. But listen to what he says. You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you. Isaac begins to release on Jacob the vision of the Abrahamic covenant. Because Isaac knows that Esau had lost it. By releasing the blessing of the birthright on Jacob, Esau was no more the guy who was going to do it. And this man had only two sons. And so Jacob was not just running for his safety. He was also running to pursue the Abrahamic covenant that had been released from him, Isaac, to his son. So Jacob runs to his uncle's place with this vision. First of all, thinking about his own safety, but also with a mantle of the Abrahamic covenant to pursue it. But we all do know, in the midst of all this, this guy, Jacob, was living in a state of uncertainties. The challenges were so high. Imagine your brother is chasing after you just to slay you. That was a situation that Jacob found himself in. And I believe for us, even as a church, or as individuals in this season, God has given us a vision to move on with. God has released something to us as a church. We know our calling. We know our mandate in this city, in this region, and across the world. And in this season, there are so many uncertainties on our way. You make a decision today, tomorrow it doesn't apply. An announcement comes it shuts almost everything that you have spent so many months and weeks praying into and making. Will we still stick to the vision that God has given to us? Or we will sit and be consumed with the problems and the challenges? Jacob begins to run, knowing that I am not certain of my life. There are dangers on the way for me. It is a desert I'm going to face. I am a mommy's boy. I am not even used to the changes on the desert, but I have a vision from my father inspired by God to still carry in this season. Jacob begins to move. How would he even know if his brother Esau has set guys on the desert to slay him? He doesn't even know. He cannot even fathom the possible you know, dangers on the desert. Because once again, he wasn't used to the field. Many of us are going through something that we are not used to in this season. It is very, very unfamiliar to us. But the question is, are we still going to stick to what God has given to us? Are we still going to hold on to that vision from God? Jacob encourages us this morning to know that When God gives you a vision, situations and circumstances do not change it. We still have to hold on to that vision and move on with it. And so Jacob goes, and that moves to the the next point, the validity. The second V is the validity. In the verse, chapter 11, 
the verse 11 of chapter 28, it says this. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun has set. It is interesting to know that in the first you know, chapter of Genesis and the second chapter, when God was creating things, and we all know that story very well, one of the reasons why God made the sun and the moon wasn't so much to give us light and to make the day beautiful. That is part of it. But God said the moon and the suns were given to bring about signs and seasons. So the setting of the sun for Jacob in this place was a change in season for Jacob in the pursuit of his vision. So Bible says he came to a place the sun has set. He is running away from danger. He wants to go as fast as he can, get his uncle's house, find safety, get some level of freedom. But here he comes. The sun has set on him. Darkness is coming. He can't even move on again. Remember, he is a mommy's boy. He doesn't know this area very well. I see that enough isn't even the problems he's going through. The sun sets on Jacob again. How does he handle that? Would he keep going because he's running away from his brother? The season has changed. Life may be a bit different for Jacob on the desert. But Jacob embraces the challenge of the moment and still holds on to the vision that God has given unto him. The Bible says that he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun has set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it and put it as his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Come on, I can't get this. This guy had lived all his life in comfort. Servants were at home. I need this, it comes. I need that, it comes. Here he comes in a season of nothing, all by himself. He can't even get a simple pillow to get a little bit of comfort. He picks a stone and that becomes the point of a seemingly comfort, state of comfort for him. Because the season had changed. People of God, it is important for us to understand that in our life as individuals, in our lives as families, in our lives as a church, as a city, as a region, as a province, even as a world, the pursuit of every vision involves different seasons. We can't change it. The pursuit of every vision involves different seasons. As long as the sun and the moon continue to operate, God has placed in them seasons. But the vision of God given unto us does not change. And so as tough as it was for Jacob, he understood that there was a validity for him to tarry there because the season had changed. What does he do? One, he does not force himself to keep on going. He chooses to stop. He chooses to do things the same way. He chooses to sleep for a while, knowing that there is a season to come when the sun will rise up again for him to keep on moving. 
And so for the period of time that the sun has set and darkness is coming, he will stay in that place and still believe in God and still move on with God and still trust God. Good. And you know what? Change is tough, but change is good when we are inspired and led by the wisdom of God. Change is always tough in every area of life. But change is good when we are inspired and led by the wisdom of God. When Jacob embraces the challenge of the moment and chooses to embrace the discomfort for that short period of time, the Bible says he gets into sleep. I don't even know how he was able to do it, but he sleeps. It may look like that was the end of the life of this young man. But God was working something bigger and greater in that season. People of God, I tell you, it doesn't matter what we're going through as a church. As we keep pushing through, as we keep not being passive, as we keep moving on in the things of God, God will bear some massive things in our days that we will never forget in our lives. When we went out last week, after, you know, seeking the face of God in fasting and in prayer, praying over the city, I don't know how many of you saw the rainbow that came on the last day. Yeah. It was so beautiful. You could see the glory of God released upon the city. Yeah. This cannot be an unfortunate time for the church. It is a time that a church may be using a pillow, a stone as a pillow, but God is still working something massive in the life of the church. It may be a short moment of pain for the church, but God is bearing something new. He's bearing great things for the body of Christ. In Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6, I like what the Bible says there. Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6. It makes us understand that it is not so much about the, the season or the changes in the season than it is about what we choose to do when the seasons change. Let's get it and read that here. Psalm 126 is one of my favorite scriptures. I love it. Verse 5 and 6, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. If we choose to keep on sowing in the season of pain, if we choose to keep on going in the season of pain, Bible said doubtlessly we will come back with fruits. This is victory. Nothing can stop us. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop us. And so Jacob Stays there. And I believe when he got there, he did not even know what he was doing. And sometimes, you know what? It may look like you don't even know what you are doing. But God is working. Because God knows that in your heart, you're still keeping on to what he has given to you. The Apostle Paul said, what can separate us from the love of God? Is it tribulation? Is it death? Is it persecution or distress? Is it famine or nakedness? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It may be a tough season for us, but we are still holding on to the love of God. And so as long as we stick to the vision, 
we would know that God is with us and he will bear things, massive things in our lives. And I want to encourage you, somebody, this morning. It may look like all is gone, all is lost, but God is speaking to you this morning that please hold on to your faith. Hold on to your vision. Hold on to your love for Jesus. Hold on to what you have been called to do for God. Like Jacob, for a short period of time, you will embrace the sunset that had come, but do not lose heart. Do not shrink back because God is with you. Now let, let's look at what happens. After this young man chooses to sleep, using a stone as a pillow. Verse 12, then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And Aesop reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your descendants, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Hallelujah. This man embraces discomfort for a short time. And in the state of discomfort, God himself shows him a vision and he sees God. He sees angels moving up and down. He gets God to speak to him. An encounter in the season of a sunset. Jacob gets it. And you know something? At this point, the love Jacob has for the things of God, the passion he has for God's work, is not just based on what his father Isaac told him, his mother Rebecca told him, or what he knew from Abraham, his grandfather. It was an encounter that he had received from God. Nobody can take a moment of encounter from you. You may forget what your pastor tells you or what you read from a book, but when God comes to you and you encounter him, I tell you, you will never forget it. It becomes your testimony. Jacob gets that. God speaks to him. Now he knows the God of his fathers. Yes. Now he knows the promise from God. God himself is saying, I will be with you. I will provide for you. I will go with you everywhere you step on this journey. I am going to be with you. Yes. Not a promise from Isaac or Rebecca. A promise from God. Who can take from you conviction that is based on God himself speaking to you in a moment of encounter? And that is what God is birthing in this place, in his church at this time. Right. The sun might have set on us. We may have a season which is different from what we are used to in the normal way. But God is doing something massive and marvelous yes. in the body. So 
And as I study this, I realized that there is a caution that God has for all of us. Let's look at that from the verse 16 and 17. Then Jacob woke from his sleep, awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Come on. When this guy came to the place, before he slept and encountered God, he did not feel the presence of God in the place. He did not see God moving in the place. He did not experience anything like God in the place. He said, surely. In other words, wow. The presence of God was here and I did not see it. He was consumed by the frustrations of life. He was consumed by the pain. He was consumed by the afflictions and the, the torment that he was going through based on the experience from moving from home. And so he almost missed out in the presence of God. People of God, this morning I want to encourage you. God is cautioning the church now. Do not focus on the pains that you may be going through. It can cause us to miss what he is doing. Jacob said, the Lord is in this place. And we all do know the season had come, but the presence of God was still. Before he saw God in the dream, God was already there. He caused it the place, the gate of heaven. And it's true. God is still moving in here. God has not changed. God is not sitting in heaven waiting for the next announcement to come before he moves. He is moving every day, every time, every minute of the time. Yes. Yes. We may be waiting for the next announcement, but God is not, he's not waiting for it. Bible says he does not sleep nor slumber. Every day, every moment, he is moving. And he wants the church not to lose sight of what he's doing. How many salvations have we had in this church over the past few months? How many people have been baptized over the past few months? How many testimonies have we seen in this place? People of God. We can't afford to miss the visitation of God in this season because of what we're going through. We may be in a moment of sunset, but the encounter of God is still very, very sudden. And God wants us to go with him. Jacob said, the Lord is in this place. And I almost missed it. I pray for you that if the issues of life are consuming you, may God bring a release so that you can encounter him even in this season. Yes. Maybe you're not seeing things as it used to be in the business. Yes, we all do know a sun has set over us. But I can promise you this morning, child of God, God is still moving. Maybe in the family things are different, but God is still moving. Jacob said, I almost miss God because the problems consumed me. The angels were going up and down before he saw them. God was in heaven looking at him. Can you imagine of all the people at the time, even his father Isaac, for that moment, God spoke to Jacob. Come on. God knows you by name. He knows your business by name. He knows your family by name. He knows our city by name. 
He knows our province by name. He knows this land by name. And nothing will stop God from taking his eyes off us. We may miss out because we get consumed by the problems of the season. But God is still moving. I love what happens after that. So we've looked at the first view was a vision. The second view was a validity. The third view is the victory. The victory is what comes to Jacob. In the moment of sunset, God comes through with a a victory. God comes through with a victory for his children. And I want to speak and prophesy over your life this morning that it doesn't matter how things may look like, the victory of God is released over you right now. I speak over our church that the victory of God is being released over us right now. Moments of encounter with God in your family, in your marriage, over your business. Moments of encounter with God, release of victory for you. Things may be so different from you are used to, but God is still moving. Thank you, Jesus Christ. God is developing faith in us. You know what? When I was going through this message, this was something I really felt so strong in my heart. Our children will not come and serve God because we have told them to serve God. They will come and serve God because they have encountered God in this season. The people in our city will not just come and serve God because somebody is telling them to. Yes, we will do that as a church, but they will serve God because they have encountered God. That in the moment of pain, God was with them. And so they will serve God from a reference point of he himself speaking to them. We can't afford to miss this. Our province will come back and serve God because they have, the, province, the province has encountered God. In the moment and in the season of hardship, Jacob knew God at this time for himself, not because he was told by anyone. And the last V is the vow. Let's look at the verse 18 and 22. 18 to 22. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put his head, put at his head set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place, of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been lost previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, So that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Oh my God. Jacob gets up. I love this. Jacob gets up from sleep. Maybe he's still heading. Can you imagine putting your head on a stone all through the night? Definitely, you you feel something around your head. But because of the encounter, Jacob gets up and he forgets about the pain. Jacob gets up, he forgets about the frustration. 
Jacob gets up, he forgets about a challenging moment he's going through, and he begins to make a vow unto God. Bible says he picks oil and begins to pour the oil on the stone. The point of pain has become a point of glory to God. He makes an altar from the stone that was a point of pain for Jacob. I tell you, people of God, we are coming out of this season more glorious than we have seen God move in the name of Jesus Christ. He turned the stone into an altar. Our moments of pain shall become the moments of glory unto God. He pours oil on it. Oh my God. He doesn't end there. He says, you know what? Because of the experience I have had with God, I have every power to change the name of this place. I can prophetically speak this. We will never call this season the season of pain for the church. We will change the name and call it the season of a revival for the church. When Pastor Brass spoke, you know, the other time and said, GP is becoming the revival, I mean, center of Canada, I believe in that word. And I believe you also believe in it. We will change the name of the season. We will never call it the name of our pain. We will call it the glorious seasons of God. The moment that God moved in our city, God moved in our province, God moved in our lives. Jacob picks the stone, makes it an altar, pours oil on it, begins to worship God, begins to praise God. He gives the place a new name because he knows that if he doesn't do it, somebody may give it a name for him. And he doesn't want to make that mistake. And so he gives it a name. And I believe right now, today, if you go to Israel, the city is still there. I've not been there before, but I believe it is there. Come on. Our children will come and hear of the wondrous things God did in this season. The pain will not be what we will leave for our children. We will leave for them the testimonies of the season because God is moving. And Jacob doesn't end there. I like like this man. He makes an altar. He changes the name of the place. And then he says, God, because of this encounter with you, I can't live without giving you a vow. For everything you give me, I will give you a tenth of it. Remember once again, this was not because his father Isaac told him, nor Rebecca told him, Nor somebody from the father's house told him. He has seen God for himself. He has made a vow unto the God of his fathers. He embraces the new challenge to move on with the vision of God through Abraham, Isaac, and him. Now we all believe in tithing. We pay, we give back to God through it, we get blessed. But this man, many, many years ago, stood and said, I will hold on to that and not let it go. Remember, at this point, he had not even gone to his uncle's house. He was not secured. He was not so, he wasn't aware whether he was going to find the uncle, get a job, begin to make life. But he said, in this moment, Father, I care less what I have or do not have. I make a covenant for you. I make a covenant for you. Everything you give me, I will give you a tenth of it. 
He spoke into the Abrahamic covenant over the household of Isaac. And we know the end of the story. Jacob continues what God had put into the heart of Abraham and Isaac. I believe that God is inspiring certain things in our hearts as a church, as individuals. God is bringing us to the place of a deeper relationship with him. Not just based on what the pastor told you. I know we've had so many wonderful messages from here. But based on what God himself has shown unto you in this season. In the midst of the frustrations, in the midst of the disappointments, in the midst of the pains, many of us are making a vow. God, if you have kept me and my family and my business and my life, my health, if you have kept me through this season, for the rest of my days, Lord, I will serve you. Many of us are making vows. If I have been home for this number of months without a job, but you sustain me, God, I will serve you. We are making vows unto God. We are raising altars of worship and praise in our homes. We are changing the previous things we used to watch on our TV to become altars of God in this season. Jacob demonstrates a life of someone who has encountered God. We serve God from a point of encounter. And I pray that even in this season, we shall see that. We shall experience that. As I bring my message to an end, and I want to invite the worship team to come up. Don't let the frustrations and the challenges of the season grip you. Let the freedom of God move you. Jacob got it right. We know the end of the story. He was able to navigate through the terrain of the desert. He got his uncle's house. He worked hard. He made a family. He lived for God. But look, it came as a point of an encounter with God in the moment of sunset. And before I leave, I just want to assure you, people of God, the greatest moments are the seasons of the sunset. God is calling his church not to lose sight of what he's doing. God is calling his church not to become passive in this season. God is calling us to rise up as an army and do what he has placed in our house to do. It may be a small step. It may be a big step. It may be different from how we have been doing things. But God is still moving in all this. And in this moment of sunset, like Jacob, we shall see the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you this morning. We give you praise, Lord, for all that you do in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for your word that has come forth this morning from you. 
I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. You sent forth your word for a purpose. And so, Lord, I pray that the purpose for which you sent this word, let it be established in the life of every individual that received the message this morning or will receive the message in the course of time for every family, for every business, for our church here, for our city, our province, for our region. I pray even for the nation, Canada. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this word, oh God, rise up in the heart of believers to know that in the moments of sunset, you show yourself strong. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that with you, we can do all things. And I prophesy over the body of Christ that this is not the season of being passive. It's the season that we are rising up in the power of the Most High God to do what He has placed in us. And nothing can stop us. This is our heritage. This is where we stand. And so Lord, we give you glory that you are able to pick the foolish things of this world. Use them to bring out your glory. That is our life right now. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.